You're listening to the Domecast, where news and observer journalists take a look back and forward in North Carolina politics. Hello, and welcome to Domecast, the news and observer political podcast. I'm Don Vaughn with Danielle Battaglia, Will Doran, and Colin Campbell. And this week, you're hearing from us like a shorter time frame because the uh, Martin Luther King Day holiday next week. So it is, I guess, four days after our last one um, with just a one and done session. But today we're talking about the House versus the Senate. And we have a lot of different things about each chamber. We've observed some things in running back and forth <laughs> between those two places. And we're going to share them with you. <laughs> Um, first off, I guess the one newsy thing is that um, someone who served for decades in the House, Mickey Mashaw, uh, was appointed for a very short time in the Senate on Tuesday for the one and done. Yes, that's a basketball reference. And I asked him during one of the, um, the recesses what he thought about the House versus the Senate. Actually, the most interesting thing about that is that that morning he ran into Speaker Moore in the legislative cafeteria and then breakfast together. But anyway, Mashaw said that he loves the House and he respects the Senate. What do you guys think he meant Is by that? that? A diss? I asked him again. I was like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, "I love the House," and I, he just repeated it. So, what do you guys think? Well, that you was? know, if you spent like ninety-nine percent of your career in one job and one day in another job, obviously you're going to like the place you were there for most of the time. I mean, he loved better. it. He said he loves the House. Yeah. I think you know. There's a. a a well-deserved reputation over there that the Senate really kind of has the power and sort of, you know, maybe the upper hand in some of the discussions because, you know, there's fewer members and, you know, less less, less cats to wrangle. Uh, and So you're saying the House is a bunch of cats that need wrangling? <laughs> <laughs> Not always, but First, it has okay, much more potential <laughs> to be. You know, because yeah. one, one thing that, you know, kind of gets overlooked sometimes, you know, we have obviously the whole like Democrat versus Republican angle, of course, but so often you see House versus Senate fights, even with, you know, united Republican rule, you know, a lot of the stuff we saw back and forth in the budget, uh, you know, they'll, you know, kind of take hostages, if you would, from, you know, one chamber's preferred budget things to try and get things that they want in, or, uh, you know, I remember when I was covering all the Gen X pollution issues, there were massively different ideas between the House and the Senate, and you kind of get into these little power struggles there. Um, but I feel like more often than not, uh, the, the Senate, you know, is not the one uh, coming out on the losing end of those debates. I don't know, Colin, am I wrong? <laughs> yeah, no, the Senate usually, like, if there's a back and forth like that, the Senate often will win, and I don't know. I mean, technically, they are co-equal branches of, oh, of government. But you, obviously, the Senate thinks they're better than the House. Oh, they totally do. Right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, I guess from a Shaw, he'd want, he'd want, yeah, he'd not see, yeah. respect the Senate. <laughs> but you also look at the history, like particularly for the um, African American delegation, like they're or, for decades, really when Democrats were in charge, were much more powerful in the House. You had Dan Blue, who's the first African American House Speaker. Mickey Mashaw had some leadership roles. Toby mm-hmm. Fitch, who's now in the Senate, had some uh, leadership roles in the the House in the past. So I could see. Uh, from that standpoint, too, I mean, it's just it sort of becomes more egalitarian, whereas the Senate, it's like Phil Berger or Mark Baznight before him, they kind of rule with an iron fist. They've got their posse of five or six guys that help make all the decisions, and mm-hmm. that's the direction they go, well, and there's you not move, a whole lot of... Like, you move from the House to the Senate. You're talking about blue is in the House, and now yeah. the thing, I think, I mean, at the congressional level... Um, you know, it's, I think it's the term length has more to do with, like, how many people are in there, even. 
but since it's two years here, as far as like two, you know, in Congress, like two years versus six years. Yeah, you don't years get a longer Senate, term, you know? but you do see a lot of people, and even uh, this election cycle, there's some House members who are looking to move up and get an open Senate seat. Uh, Lisa Stone Barnes, representative from uh, Nash County, is looking to get the Senate seat being vacated by Rick Horner. And there's several other examples of that where I think people feel like they're going to have more influence if they go over to the Senate. They get more attention, or they, yeah. they can get more attention. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's a smaller pond. You can It's easier mm-hmm. to be a big fish. I mean, if you stand up and want to have, you know, this um, debate, rant, whatever, like everyone sees you, where in the house it's like, wait, who is that over there? You know, because, I mean, just the room itself. Yeah, I mean, the design, like if you're on the back, back row of the house because you're a freshman lawmaker, like we sitting up the front of the, of the press can barely make out who's speaking way back there. Mm-hmm. And in the Senate, that like horseshoe shape they have, like everyone sort of has a similar sight line to the front of the chamber, even if you are on the back row. I feel like there's almost kind of like a, a cadence to how the debate goes in the in the Senate. Vers- it, it's There's a formality there where it's, um, you know, like they like wind up and take turns of who's, I'm sure they talk in caucus about who's gonna talk, you know. But just the way the debate is and like just I don't know, even with the joking between like Trotary and, and Tillman and stuff, it just seems like I am going to give my speech on the Senate floor versus like the House. It's like I am going to get up and say something. And then, like they, you know, I mean, even though some of it's prepped before and I guess the House being bigger, you know, different people will throw into the mix. And it is a lot of times, I think, the same senators that get up. Um, but there are some people in the House that like never stand up. And it's like, well, don't you want to say something? Like, you have this chance. And, yeah, know. but when you have some other people want to speak and say the same thing, some people are kind of like, I don't know that I really have that much to add to this. What do you think, Will? What have you seen? Like, you've been I think, more sessions. I back. think what Colin was just saying, I think the Senate is much better at recognizing that aspect of, well, you know, what is the point of five people standing up and saying the exact same thing? Like, you know, sometimes you're covering, like, you know, these House votes and they'll drag on for, you know, three hours with basically just two talking points from each side. Just yeah, going back I mean, and I would forth. always, when I was covering the House on deadline, I would, people would, I would just get the articles ready off of the first couple speeches and then just be ready to, like, plug in a vote tally and post the story because I knew the second half of the debate was just not going to really accomplish much. If you're the 10th person, it's just like, oh, and then a bunch of other lawmakers said this. But you've already got the good quotes out there. So stand up first, right? Is, yeah. is there advice? Yeah. If you want to get in the paper. I was going to say, you just <laughs> set it up that they're all going to fight for those first three spots. Yeah, but it's going to be like think? Jeopardy hitting their buttons yeah. and like the, <laughs> the system's going to blow up. But don't, that, yeah. I mean, I, I would, like, it'd be interesting to hear these caucus meetings, but I assume... They go over like who's going to talk or not before who they agree to talk. You know, I mean, well, maybe. I mean, in the Senate they might. In the House, it, it feels like a free for all. I mean, um, not like Jackson inspired. always talks. Bill doesn't always talk, but Jackson yeah. always talks. I got a novelty question. So, is there more elephant statues in the House than the Senate? Because there's a lot of statues of elephants over there. So, oh, wait, the just the way <laughs> the, the decorations, decorations in the yeah. room. So the house, because when I first would sit over there, I noticed that. Yeah. And the house has all those really nice scenic, which I assume are North Carolina. And then the Senate is um, all people. So my first thought was, like, looking around at what the representation was. And Abraham Galloway, African-American, is the one right behind, like, where mm. we usually are one of the, the press sides. But that's kind of another thing about the formality, right, where... You know, if you go to somebody's living room and it's all like painting portraits of people versus like a landscape or something, you know, it's like this is 
the living when people have a big enough house where you have two living rooms, it's like that's the living room we never use except at fancy time, you know. And then like here's where like we, <laughs> like when people are over, and then like here's the living room where like we watch TV, you know, where you have. The, I, I mean, I don't better than me with her so fancy. I don't have any portraits. The rumpus room of the General Assembly? No, but it's the more, I don't know. I like the landscapes. My own living room wall, I actually have like a wood carved map of Raleigh and a wood carved map of Durham and an old like framed newspaper. I don't think I have like um, paintings of, of like people or I was landscapes. I butts. <laughs> I don't. Where is that? I, there is like on this their giant yeah. wooden elephant on one person's desk, I and then I noticed, noticed smaller that. elephants on other people's desks. One of them has like a big empty candy dish most of the time. I don't yeah, know if that's Jeff candy. Jackson or Erica Smith. It's somewhere like in front of where we sit. Yeah. We'll, we'll do. We'll put up a photo gallery at some point of all the desks because I'm sure people really are excited to know who what. Lawmakers have what on their desk? Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> when you see someone eating Cheez-Its the other day. Oh, yeah. Somebody in front of us was eating Cheez-Its. I have no idea who. Oh, yeah. There's lots but of snacking. There's eating things. Speaking of beverages, <laughs> things that the press is not doing in the Senate is drinking any water. Good segue, Don. <laughs> <laughs> not water from the pitchers. Not water from that. a bottle. Yeah. Not water with a cat or water with a mat. <laughs> we are not allowed to have any water um, while we're sitting there, no matter how long, because that is what the sergeant at arms told us. Um, the house is a little freer. You have to, you know, they will let you not have to be like absolutely perched while you're sitting there, I found. Don so. and I got in trouble. Yeah, it sounds like y'all are still bitter that you were forcibly dehydrated by the Senate rules. That you I at. actually did not want to do that. I knew we couldn't have the water, <laughs> and it was one of the TV people that brought the water over. I was like, I don't think we can have it. And, and it and, was lawmaker water. It wasn't In just fact, like we could not. Bottle. Yes, it was but lawmaker a, water. A, a TV, the name TV reporter <laughs> <laughs> had some of the styrofoam cup pitcher water and said that um, they had, you know, had that occasionally for years, and it was never a problem. I was Apparently, ready was. because court taught me, and I've taught a lot of attorneys this Gatorade chews you keep those in your pocket you just put one in your mouth completely hydrates you again lots of electrolytes I mean you can step out we, we can come and go <laughs> yeah. I mean there That's are there are gold water fountains right outside That's the, true. you know I don't think they're real gold but yeah <laughs> I hope wouldn't not. that be awesome yeah what's the taxpayer bill on the real yeah gold? someone's got way too much money in the 60s <laughs> to put gold in that place well, <laughs> Another thing, like, what's between the chambers, um, we were talking about Mashaw earlier. I was trying to get video of him talking, and he's a low, you know, quiet talker. And the, that water fountain feature, whatever it is, is so loud. Like, all you hear is the water. Yeah, so, it reminds me of going to, like, a crappy suburban mall in the mid-90s. <laughs> yeah. It's like they placed it there to, like, sabotage TV crews, you know? Yeah, so, so when you're trying to get people out... water bubbling in the background. Yeah, so no matter when audio. you grab a lawmaker coming out of session, you're going to be stuck with that audio. So I was thinking, like, couldn't it also be that it's so... I mean, that they actually don't care about us and our, like, um, audio needs. Um, but it's so you can have, like, a, a quiet conversation with somebody without uh, anybody ooh, hearing without sneaky, it. That makes sense. I actually think that's... I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know who the architect of the, or the, you know... We the should interview him on Domecast, except he's probably dead. 
have been a woman too, Colin. Yeah, it was Colin. the 60s. It was probably a dude. <laughs> well, maybe she did the work and didn't get no credit. <laughs> if there was a woman involved, she got no credit. It was the 60s. That's a good point, though, because I mean, it's it's a tile floor. It's what probably like a two-story ceiling, really tall ceilings. It's it would be super echoey in there. Yeah, uh, I bet it's so you can have these little side conversations. But so. is it like the capital where you can capital like DC capital where you can have secret conversations and hear it on the other side of the room because it echoes in the dome? You know what I'm talking about? Now? Yeah, there's no dome in, no, in there's this no dome. Uh, square. Yeah. yeah, as much as we use the square under the building. dome branding, none of the news we actually cover is occurred. But when under, under the, the dome. dome started, apparently it was still under the dome. Yeah, because right? uh, yeah, they were there from the 20s when the segment started in the newspaper, and then mm-hmm. up through the 60s when the new crappy building was built. I think they have what one day a year in the old legislative building with the dome. Yeah, they had, they'll do they like a ceremonial D-Day. session. Yeah, it was the D. I was super excited because I really like military history, but and old buildings and stuff. Um, and You're government. always excited. So I'm, not, I'm limited in my it's targeted excitement. Um, but anyway, yeah, that was really cool when they had the session in there, like both the House and the Senate. I was psyched, but it's. Um, I wouldn't it's, know. It's really, <laughs> hey, it's it's really small, and yeah. I don't know where the press seating would be. Like I think I believe we like leaned against like the fireplace in the back. I don't know if any of <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, I went there, there for a uh, yeah. just a Roy Cooper press conference one time, and we just had to stand in the back because all the seats were taken by you know luminaries or whatever. I keep asking Colin this: Do we know why? Roy Cooper only holds press conferences in his mansion in front of a staircase. Like, why doesn't it ever move? That is one of my. Well, like no, I said, he I, does I, have I other press conferences. The old, the old legislative building, yeah. But when he does that. it in the mansion, like he's got yeah, other mansion. rooms in there oh, where he can yeah. do yeah. things, but it's, it's always, always in front of the, front of the stairs. stairs. Well, it's good. You can have a crowd on the stairs if you want, and just general background-wise. But um, I've, he's had press conferences at the. It's just called the administration building, I think, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm yeah. talking specific to the mansion. It's always the stairs. I want to see. Oh, within, within the mansion. Yeah, oh, and one of the sitting on the podcast, Press him on this. Yeah. So <laughs> I, did, I went to like the holiday, like the um, the open house at the executive mansion. It was the same time as that historic Oakwood um, candlelight tour um, with some friends, and like they had like it kind of you know closed off for the rooms and the docent talking about each thing, and and that first room on the left when you go in there. Um, the woman was saying, like, this is the ladies' room or the ladies' sitting room or something. My friend's like, oh, well, we'll just go on in there. And we all laughed. It's like, no, you can't go in and sit down. But oh. Maybe you do sometimes. There's a tour. Where would we all sit there? There's a know. tour on the website of each room. You're welcome. <laughs> I don't think there would be enough seating if no. we all sat up there. I don't think it would be wide enough. Because when I've gone there and just tried to record with my phone, it's like... I don't know. I'm actually fine with the staircase. For it was a curiosity thing or... from, you know, a non-Raleigh person. We were discussing at my last paper, like, why is it always there? Are there no more rooms? You don't want journalists uh, wandering around, you know. Yeah. Because that room is just <laughs> right inside the front door. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That way you don't have anyone who can kind of sneak off and find all the secrets that, you know, one presumes are hidden in the governor's mansion. I feel like it would be Dawn. Dawn the hidden treasure maps. Yeah. Yeah. I just said I go on, like, the tour. Like, <laughs> I got to go upstairs <laughs> once, and I was really excited about doing the story to let me go upstairs. Yeah. See? <laughs> uh, oh, so what else with, um, okay, so House versus Senate, and the beginning of, like, when they convene is, I think, interesting, where it's the House as the Pledge of Allegiance, which has gotten some attention lately, um, some like local areas, yeah, but, the Senate, but the Senate doesn't like apparently the Blaine County. Yeah, so this, this is what was interesting about that story as a legislative reporter. So 
the Bladen County Board of Elections, the chair decides they're not going to have the Pledge of Allegiance meetings, and then some people decide they're going to stay it anyway. She calls it a disruption, says they might bring the cops in later uh, if it happens again. But and, and then all these Republicans sort of pounce on it as like, hey, you're not being patriotic. This Cooper appointee is showing that they hate America or whatever. But the Senate doesn't do the Pledge of Allegiance. I thought it was, you know, sometimes the I House forget. Because this yeah. week, I'm, I, you know, I like saying the Pledge. And it's like, it's, it's a routine that you, um, I don't know. Like it's, it feels like elementary school. It's comforting. It, you know, <laughs> it does. It feels comforting. And when you, like, get into that, you know, um, just, like, have it in the House. And you go in the Senate, and everyone stands up, and then you're like, oh, that's right. We don't say that over here. Like Yeah, like, I sometimes start to say it by accident, and then I look dumb. <laughs> so they both do have a prayer though and it's different yeah. people that'll take i have noticed that in the senate it's like you'll have a guest or you just like give the prayer and the house if you've ever been to um de- like <laughs> um depending on the christian denomination of people that say grace or the blessing as they might say some people go on like a very long time and I covered religion for several years, so I can actually usually tell by the person like saying the prayer, like what their um, religious persuasion is, if they don't already say it by like the way that they say it and how long they say it. So in the house, it's interesting because sometimes those are some really long-winded prayer. Where in the Senate, it is like here is our very formal prayer, and you will say it. And well, and they used to have a chaplain who did the prayer. Um, and it was like a staff person who was there to be the Senate or the House chaplain. And over the past decade or so, they basically got rid of that position and decided that it was maybe not the best use of taxpayer dollars. Mm-hmm. It was just easier to have members volunteer to be the prayer leader. Well, it's not. Um, there was a Hindu prayer there a couple of months ago that um, I believe Senator uh, Chaudhary said later that he was the one that had requested somebody and that they hadn't done it in the Senate before. Yeah, and they've had uh, Muslim prayers in the House, I think, with uh, Representative Nassif Majid, who's Muslim from the Charlotte area. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's it definitely has branched out beyond, you know, the leadership picks a uh, chaplain probably of their own religious persuasion and, and does it that way. So I guess those are not too... What did well, Daniel? This has like been your. You've seen both chambers, like yes. with one day. What was your biggest like kind of? What did you see as like the difference between going in each in each room? Um, that is a good question. I mean, obviously, I can't have water in the Senate. Right. <laughs> I felt like you know I sat in the Sergeant of Arms chair on the other side in the House, but they were friendlier and jokier. A little flirtier. Yeah. <laughs> witness that. Yeah, that was that was interesting. <laughs> um, and then in the Senate, I don't think they dealt with us very much. And then you know, I felt like I could see more senators, although I've seen a lot of back their back of their heads a lot more. Mm-hmm. The house I'm in front of them. Yeah, I do like getting to actually see them. Yeah. And you can look up on the chart like who's who if you can't keep them straight. You know what I found trippy though. That's a word you haven't heard in a while. <laughs> so you have five seconds to vote in the Senate, and what is it like thirty seconds in the House? It's a little bit longer, yeah. Which I was like... Oh, I never noticed the difference. Yeah. yeah, I noticed from switching back and forth, and I was like, well, I know there's more people, but they can vote at the same time frame, and five seemed too short, 30 seemed long. If it's 30, I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but... Yeah, it may not be that long, but it is longer. Yeah. And I was um, trying to figure out the reason. Which and one is longer? The house. Oh, uh, just more people. And some of that's the, you know, the people will wander off during the votes, and so the sergeant at arms has to call people back in from the hallway, which happens a lot more in the house because of the aforementioned long drawn out speech making um mm-hmm. if you're if it's a contentious bill and like 20 people have to give a speech like half the house members just peace out for a while and they're just like hanging with their friends in the hallway until it's time to vote 
One thing I was struck by when I first started covering uh, the sessions was how nobody pays attention when they like go over like the stuff that they like, you know, say at the beginning of it, all the little like side chit chat and stuff. I was kind of thrown off by that. Um, and I think like speaker more maybe has to gavel a little bit more to get everyone be like, come on, like, you know, let's go. And, and the other thing with more, I will say something I, I like better about the house and the Senate is like the further discussion, further debate versus the further discussion or debate in the Senate. I mean, there's, just, I don't know. I just like the way, obviously I spent a lot of yeah. time in there, but I tweeted that once and I was like, further discussion, further debate. And somebody tweeted back that they were like a page 10 years ago on how much they missed that and liked it. So I know a lot of y'all pay attention to that too. <laughs> and that's also a band name idea, further discussion, further debate. Our legislative rock band where we'll sing about the legislation. A jam day. band that just goes on and on and on. It <laughs> <laughs> would be fitting, for sure. Anything else? Any that we, other uh, aspects of the House and Senate? Points of personal privilege. Will, do you have any points of personal privilege here? Do we uh, want to explain that yeah, to people? Yeah, you know, I'd is? like to talk about the T-ball team uh, from my home county. <laughs> yeah. Won an award. Yeah. Yeah. I want everyone to know my wife has a birthday coming up in about six months. Um, we all need to know about that on the Senate floor. So I actually love that stuff. Yeah. Because it's great. It's great. Because they'll be have this very, like, spirited, you know, sometimes angry or just, you know, half paying attention discussions. And then all of a sudden... They go over that stuff. Um, I don't know. It, it shows like a moment where um, the other thing, too, is about how the different parties um, do actually get along more than I think you see or you, you realize. Um, and that's kind of something that's more casual where they talk to each other about, um, you know, wishing their spouse a happy anniversary or whatever. I would say like if I was married to a lawmaker and I heard everyone else's spouse getting happy anniversary and then yeah, I didn't, uh, I would be like, what is going I'm on I'm sure it becomes <laughs> wondering if your marriage is intact uh, if you if you don't get the same shout out that uh, the other people are getting. Don wants recognition. Are we, uh, well, are we causing some marital right? trouble with this podcast? Wait a minute. But I could totally see like another, like a, another session where somebody says, point of personal privilege, I forgot to mention that my husband's, you know, birthday, whatever, and that they would, you know, kind of like when people aren't accepting an award and like who they think or whatever. Like, I would not want to be a, I forgot though. Like, I want to be. Everybody forgets stuff. I know. I don't even remember my wedding anniversary sometimes, you know. <laughs> like, so I, don't, you know I have to think about like what year and date it was. September 4th, I remember. <laughs> so, well, what's yours? Quick. Uh, November 11th. Colin? May 30th. Okay. <laughs> I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so House versus Senate. Uh, I don't think we needed to come to any sort of resolution yeah, here. I don't want to express a bias one way or the other, yes. so I think we'll just leave it there, right? Yeah. Did you note that I said come to a resolution? Ah, nice. Or a proclamation, you, you know. All right, so we'll be back with Headliner of the Week. All right, so here we are with Headliner of the Week. We're gonna switch it up a little bit this time and we'll each give our headliner. And then if you follow Under the Dome on Twitter, it's literally at symbol Under the Dome. We'll make a Twitter poll with each of our headliners and you can vote on who you think the, or what you think the headliner of the week was. Uh, so I'll go first. I'm gonna say something that um, did a story on that just published this morning. 
I'm going to say the state of Virginia because on Monday there's this big gun rights rally there um, because the Virginia legislature um, is Democrat majority now and they've introduced a bunch of um, gun regulation bills. And so North Carolina uh, Republican House caucus members all signed a letter and a couple of them are going up to deliver that. So I'm going to say um, Virginia and the, the gun rally coming up. Daniel? I will say having a one-day session, um, you know, I had covered the North Carolina School of Science and Mathematics and what that was going to do to them if they didn't get a budget this week, and now I'm concluding that story, and just, you know, there's been some other meetings I've heard in the state about, like, what do we do without a budget, so, you know, having a meeting for only one day without little work being, or with little work being done is mine. Well... Um, I'm going to be like Don and go for an upcoming headliner of the week because, I mean, really very little happened this week. You know, we mm-hmm. had the one-day session um, where they didn't really accomplish a whole lot. But uh, the March for Life is happening on Saturday, and that's going to bring hundreds, maybe even a couple thousand uh, pro-life marchers to downtown Raleigh. And obviously we are expecting abortion to be a major issue in the 2020 presidential election. Uh, so that will definitely be something to watch. And if you plan to be driving around downtown Raleigh on Saturday, uh, think again. All right, Colin? I'm going with the thing that uh, could have happened but didn't in uh, this one-day session. And uh, the lawmaker who uh, was pushing that, Representative Julia Howard, a Republican from Davie County, she wanted to follow a change in federal tax law that would let us all take more generous uh, medical expense deductions when we file our taxes this spring. Uh, managed to get it through the House on the one-day session unanimously in a matter of hours after being introduced. Um, And then the Senate declined to do anything with it, saying that that's something for the short session. Um, And Howard threw some shade at the Senate, saying that they could own it, um, it being uh, people not getting to take this tax deduction um, this tax season before the lawmakers come back. So for uh, that dig at the Senate and um, trying to get something substantive done in a short uneventful session julia howard uh state rep okay so again it's virginia gun rally one day session with the budget march for life and tax law julia howard so instead of us voting or declaring a headliner by the time you listen to this that will be a twitter poll on under the dome and if you follow any of us we'll have probably retweeted it by then too um so for i'm don vaughn and for danielle battaglia will dorn and colin campbell thank you for listening to domecast You've been listening to The Domecast, a production of the News and Observer and the Insider State Government News Service. You can keep up with the conversation by reading Under the Dome in the Daily Print Edition or online at newsobserver.com. The Insider is found online at ncinsider.com.